1: I will, will share with you my one rage
0: quit story. You yeah, know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo press now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got another one for you. We're going to talk about some more Malifaux. Got myself Pete and we got our other Chris with us today again. That's what you're called, Chris. Other Chris.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: It is confusing for me a little bit, though, because I had somebody. Message me about like, oh, man, I like how you guys, you know, are doing some Explorer content. It's, you know, cool. And they asked a question about like what you did. And I was like, Chris doesn't play Malifaux a lot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that Chris, that Chris does play a lot of Malifaux.
1: Fair. I mean, you could always start referring to me as Leopard. That's what everyone else calls me.
0: That's what I call you when, yeah, lots of Chris's. So, yeah, what we're going to do is I was actually looking at Facebook the other day. Actually, it was today. This is kind of what Caused us to record, but I was looking around Facebook on a weird place on that page, and there actually was a person who was talking about list building and looking at. Okay, now that I'm kind of familiar with the faction, hey, okay, how do I build my list because it's complicated and I don't quite understand it. So I think that's something that is good resource for people to have because a lot of people that get into Malifaux, it is kind of a different way of building a list. It's not like other games and it can be challenging, especially for brand new players. I don't know if you agree with that, Chris, but that's kind of how I felt coming into it.
1: Oh yeah, no. I mean, I completely agree. There's just so much out there in each faction when it comes to versatile and then keywords. It's like, what what do you choose? What do you take?
0: Yeah. And then you also don't have to spend all your points and yeah, you can bring models from other parts of your faction that aren't part of your crew so yeah there's a lot to go into this uh so this episode is going to be designed to break that down yeah break that down for people just so they can kind of figure out how to get those lists going Chris you get into Malifo, you kind of do some research on which faction you like what do you do to kind of start when you're looking at okay I need to get a crew together what's the starting point
1: so starting point for me was what Looked cool. What looked okay. cool, and that, that's a great way to start when it comes to Malifaux. um Having you know, switched factions. I've got you know two full factions, one faction. I've got eighty percent. I like the way that you can choose what looks cool, and then once you uh, once you build strategies around that, you really start feeling how to play. You really feel the content, and uh, you can branch off from there.
0: Yeah, I think Malifaux, like it seems a little daunting because you have 50 stones, which is 50 points, and you have to figure out what you're going to do with that, like how you're going to build your list. It, it's, it's different because it, it's, it's a lot of different things. Like we said, with the versatile, you also have some upgrades. Uh, you can bring out a keyword. So what I always tell people when they're looking at starting to build a list, I would go with what you said and be like, OK, start with whatever looks cool. And then get about two or three of the boxes for that keyword. Because the cool thing about M3 is a lot of the keyword models that are in the same keyword, they do similar things and they help each other out and they buff each other up. So, chances yeah, all are, all the
1: keywords you're gonna want those. Yeah, all the keywords definitely synchronize together, they're very synergetic.
0: Yeah. So for example, I'll just, I got a Nakima list up in front of me. So if I was going to get into Nakima, which would be a great idea because her box actually just dropped and the models look super sweet, especially those like mature nephilims. but you know, maybe you're like, Oh cool. I want to get into this, you know, flying demon looking things. So yeah, pick up the core box, which is usually those core boxes are going to give you about, I don't know, what would you say, Chris, 30 to 35 stones usually?
1: Yeah, probably 25 to 30 stones.
0: Yeah, so you're going to get that, and then you pick up another, you know, two boxes, which will probably fill out the rest of your stones, at least get you close enough to get your first few games in.
1: Yeah, I think your Nakima list is actually pretty much the entire just keyword, isn't it?
0: There's only one exception to that, and that, of course, is Serena Bowman.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about <laughs> which, Serena. Yep. You're which right.
0: we'll, we'll we'll talk about her here in a minute cuz I'll use this list as a reference point because Nakima's and honestly, Nakima's a great starting point for new players. She's very direct and good at what she does. So I would also recommend listening to faction guides like what we've done before uh, where you can listen to okay, what do you like about each, you know, faction and then which master do you want to start with? And uh, I always feel like Mckee is a great place for a new player to start with because it's very direct. She just murders everybody.
1: And Mckee so, is actually pretty forgiving as well, so you oh, can yeah. make mistakes and then still come back.
0: Yeah, a lot of like self healing and a lot of um, a lot of ways to keep them up. So I would say we both agreed you want to figure out a keyword. You want to get you know at least a start the starter box, the crew box, and maybe one or two boxes with the
1: same keyword. And that's a great starting point. From there, usually what I do is I will pick up the emissary. I mean, the emissary in each faction is a go-to. It's a it, it synergizes well with all the different masters in each faction.
0: Yeah, there's there's you're pretty much right about that. The only one I would put a little asterisk next to that would be the neverborn emissary. Because it really only works with a couple of the masters and then it's just kind of there. Yeah, um, that's it true. works better with the fake E word.
1: That's true. And the Outcasts uh, emissary, uh, he synergizes well, but he doesn't do a lot for some of the masters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's just going to kind of buff you and do do some random wares and stuff.
1: But yeah, when uh, it comes to, you know, Rezzers, um, Explorers, uh, you know, a lot of the other factions, those emissaries really do synergize very well and so do the riders
0: yeah i mean if you have the availability to get a rider that's never a bad pickup and they look cool so most most factions that have you know access to them that's also a good pickup so you have 50 stones chris you're gonna get your master and your totem for free so those of you that are looking at list building you don't have to pay stones which are points for your master or your totem so even though there's a point or a stone level for them like i'm looking at nakima and it says that she cost 15 stones you don't pay that when that's your main master the reason why they have that is because if you wanted to hire a second master then it would cost those stones so those of you that are building list for first time or getting into it that's kind of how that works the totem and the master are free so that's the cool part that I always thought is you don't even have to waste your points on your master and your totem. They just come for free. It's awesome.
1: It's actually, you could you could actually judge the level of competence of a totem by how many points it's worth. So a lot of masters, you'll see, you know, one or two soul stone totems. But then some of them you'll see six, you know, seven, you know, so stones you can, for these you things. You can have like uh, yeah.
0: Lord Chompy Bits who's a lot oh, of stones. No, yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and you can actually, I mean, you can, just feel how strong they're going to be on the uh, on the board
0: yeah that's actually a really good point that when you look at your totem looking at how many stones it costs is actually probably a good way for a new player to be like oh man this this totem is going to actually do something or i yeah, need to pay attention to gonna, what he says this totem's yeah. going to die yeah <laughs> uh, so you have that stuff for free and w- where do you usually feel yourself going with a crew for the first time, Chris? Where's your kind of go-to when you're looking at them?
1: I look at henchmen. Uh, as soon as I uh, yeah, pull up my leader and then uh, look at the total. I go straight to henchmen, and I'll generally take anywhere from one to two henchmen, depending.
0: Yeah, the first time I run a new crew, I, I always recommend to people, because the henchmen, basically, it comes in the box. So it's designed to do something with the crew. And it uses stones and, you know, it it can usually be just as strong as some masters. So I think a lot of times henchmen are a really good spot for people to, you know, fill in their points. And and that's kind of what you're going to feel when you're making a list is, okay, how am I filling in my 50 soul stones here? Yeah. So uh, in my list I did. So I'm looking at my Nakima list and I did put Herodon in there, who's this cool kind of like. Batwing wing pistolier, kind of like I don't know. He's got like a shotgun on him too. It's pretty cool, um but yeah, I definitely definitely bringing in one of one of your henchmen is a good point to go to after you, your master.
1: Yeah, one and, to two henchmen, and then from there I'd look to enforcers and bring again one or two enforcers. Okay,
0: so you like bringing enforcers
1: then? I actually do like bringing enforcers. Enforcers give good synergistic and i keep using the word synergy 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 it's all about keyword keyword is going to be synergistic inside that master so it's all about synergy those enforcers are going to have a lot of the same verbiage on the front card and a lot of the same um actions on the back card not maybe not same actions but similar actions
0: yeah and that's a good point i would look at maybe bringing models that do the keywords you know ability on the front so for example i mean for nephilim you're going to see a lot of black blood regeneration flight and you're going to be like okay so i'm kind of taking damage and giving damage but i also heal a little bit oh and i also fly so those are just things you want to think about when you're building your list on okay what is this going to look like when it's actually on the table? How are they going to interact with each other? And then bring some of those enforcers and minions that are going to help you out with that. Exactly. Yeah. So then I start looking at kind of, I. it depends. It's got to be a good enforcer for me. Uh, for example, well, we'll talk about her later. But uh, it's got to be a good enforcer for me to bring them because enforcers are a little, they can be a little squishy because you can't use soul stones to reduce damage on them. And if they're an enforcer that's a little pricey, you could be wasting stones on a squishy enforcer model.
1: That's true. It's absolutely true. But you also have the enforcers, like I was saying earlier. Emissaries are enforcers, and yeah. so are the riders. I mean, those are all enforcers. So they're good models. They synergize well with in their faction, and a lot of them um, really bring a lot to the table.
0: Yeah, and. When I start doing, and this is just me, when I start playing a new keyword and if you're looking to build a list for the first time, this is what I might do, is I actually like variety the first time I build a list with something I'm not familiar with. I don't know if you subscribe to that same theory there, Chris.
1: So when I first build a list, generally I look at high cost point models, high point cost models. Because you want the
0: fun toys then.
1: I want the fun toys and I want actually I actually want a smaller list because it's a bit overwhelming. That's especially for newer point. players.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's almost like if you bring the all star list you're getting a taste of like all the cool stuff and you don't have 15 models to worry about.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean too many models, you're clustering up your mental capacity when it comes to all the different verbiage, all the different actions that are on these cards. You don't want to do that your first, you know, dozen games. You want to keep it short. You want to keep it simple. You want to play the game. You want to have fun. And you want to use these cool toys.
0: You know, that's a great point, Chris. But I am like the polar opposite of that. I love bringing like one of all the random cool things that I'm like, oh, I want to try one of those minions. And I want to try that minion and that henchman. And I end up having like so many different models because I just want to try all my new toys out. I I feel you.
1: I feel you. We're all different.
0: We're all different.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm simple.
0: I mean, I think that's probably, you know, the smarter way about going about, it. well, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It is just different because you're going to get a better feel for those models, but then I'm also getting to experience more models because I'm bringing more.
1: It's true. So when you play, your you really have to pay attention. You have to read, you have to study your cards which is good i mean you're you know it's simple for you you're an ex teacher you know all about this you probably read the cards multiple times visualize think about what you're going to do think about where you're going to go think about how you want the game to play i probably don't do that as much as you i usually go on the fly off the cuff type situation but um But I mean, it's all about who you are and what you want to do. If you want to study and you want to read and you want to bring a lot of cool small point costing models to try Fluff Out, then if that's how you play, then do it.
0: Yeah, and I think that a good example of what we're talking about is when you were building your English Ivan list and you were kind of looking at it and we both were like, hmm, okay, how does this guy actually look on the table? And it, it took a couple of times playing it to figure out how, all the interactions work with each other. And I think we're still learning about it, honestly.
1: It's actually true. But the really cool thing is I'm still playing pretty much the first list that I built with English Ivan. And I'm pretty proud of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that means that it's solid enough and you can kind of keep exploring the different, you see what I did there with the different toys and tools that you have. Uh, So yeah, you want to definitely do that. Um, so, looking at the list that I was building, some of the things that I immediately added when I started building Nakima is like I said, I brought the henchmen, and then you got to bring just the mature Nephilim because when you look at what your master does, you go, okay, Nakima wants to kill stuff. So, let me bring the best killers that she has available. So, this Nephilim has to hit hard. Even the young Nephilim that has an onslaught trigger and can hit pretty hard. So, I brought those models and I'm like, yes, those are going to be the ones that are going to help Nakima kill and do the thing. So for you with English Ivan, what were the pieces that you're like, Oh, I need to bring this to help Ivan do his thing.
1: Uh, The keyword it's all about keyword. Uh, You know, I went with uh, the henchman Corvus Rook and then, you know, I love the flush with cash upgrade, which you, you know, you really showed me how well we'll we'll talk about upgrades here in a minute. Yep. 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 So, and then Gibson, who's also a henchman, um, I actually brought two henchmen with this crew. Um, Gibson is just phenomenal as a sport piece. And the Corvus Rook is just really good as a as bait more than more than anything else. Yeah, so
0: it, it's kind of interesting because I think when you're building out a list, you want, like I was saying, the models that are going to help you do the thing and then an engine to keep it going, right? Cause exactly. If, if you don't have the engine to keep your models going and moving and doing the thing, then you're not going to win the game. So you want to look at that. Uh, I would also recommend, I know you said you like bringing some of the more expensive stuff, but don't underestimate the cheaper minions in your faction too. And in your keyword, because a lot of times those minions do the work.
1: Well, the minions do the most simplistic thought process behind each keyword. Yeah. So like for instance, you know, uh, the Dua, D-U-A- is Department of Ungentlemanly Affairs. Um, all of them are all about turning negatives into positives. And the, um, the minions do that very well.
0: Yeah, some of them are just like, oh, if you're near me, then you're in concealment. So now instead of a negative, I get a positive. Exactly. So yeah, don't just scoff at your minions. You, I usually, when I first try a list out, I like to bring one or two minions just because I like to get a feel of what the underlings do. Uh, I got to play my apex keyword again for explorers because I didn't get to try like the hunter's box. So I didn't get to try those two minion groups out. So I'm kind of excited to bust that out again and try some of those, uh, some of the squishier kind of shootier models in that apex keyword.
1: Yeah. Most keywords that I've played, I've found that I'll only use one of each of the minion types. You generally get three, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and some some keywords. Now I do bring three in some keywords, but usually I will only take one minion of each. Yeah, time. I was going to say
0: the only time you duplicate a minion is if they do the thing really well. So yeah, for example, in my wastrel keyword, I know I'm going to bring at least two hucksters because they just can go scheme all over the board and just do the thing. So I, I'm pretty pretty excited to try that out, just because I like it when minions are good like that. So, yeah, it, you're only going to usually bring one of each type of minion. But, for example, in this Nakima list that I'm building, I mean, I could have brought two mature nephilims, and th- that's pretty good. I mean, you've played against the list with two matures, right?
1: Yes, I, I hate mature nephilims. yes.
0: They're beasts, man. If they you haven't seen beasts. those on the table, hide your kids, hide your wife.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and Seamus, Seamus, you know, I play two Rotten Bells on Seamus' crew because they do oh, the work. They Dude. are... Key pivotal to my crew, yeah. So that's what you would kind of want to find.
0: You want to find, oh, my crew does this, man. That Rotten Bell really helped Seamus just murder crap. Ah, oh, I want two. I've seen you bring three of them, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rotten Bells are fun, they're nice.
0: I want to puke, they're temptation. It's
1: all about you know the zombie <laughs> hookers, man. All about the zombie hookers,
0: okay. So let's say that we're starting to get into it and we have three or four models, including our master and totem, and we're sitting around maybe 38 stones, right? Now, here's the thing when you're building a list for all those new people. And obviously if you're, you know, a seasoned player, you already know this, but you don't have to fill out. And actually you don't want to fill out to 50 stones. You want to leave some stones available, right?
1: Yeah. That was one of the mistakes I made uh, early (laughs) off in my, uh, my intro to Malifaux. So, uh, as if anyone's a you know long time listener, then you know that I came from War Machine Hordes. So you spend
0: every dime.
1: You spend every dime on War Machine Hordes. It is foolish not to. Um, even leaving one or two points open yeah. is just silly. Yeah. So you can, um, you can
0: bring an attachment or something for that.
1: Yeah. So my first couple of games with Malifaux, I was you know I was filling out the list, only bringing one or two stones, and it's it's detrimental to your game. It, you cannot play a game with only one or two soul stones.
0: Yeah. I feel like the minimum I've ever brought in a list since I've learned how to list build is four. I feel yeah. like four is the minimum. For I wouldn't me-
1: ever take less than four. I always stick with five or greater.
0: And those of you that once again are newer players, because we always like to cater to the newer and the casuals because we're filthy casuals. Uh, yeah, soul stones you can use to reduce damage. You can use them to for your masters and henchmen to uh, basically buy a suit on a on a dual flip. Uh, so if you really want that ram trigger for like a crit strike, you can. Yeah, I'm going to spend a stone to do that. Uh, you can spend a stone to draw draw two, discard two uh, for your opening hands each turn. So I mean, there's a lot of use to soul stones.
1: Yeah. Usually the first three turns I'm using zolstones just to better my hand and that, uh, that's starting your hand. Yep. Starting draw.
0: Yeah. So when you're building this list, okay. So we said we're at about 38 points. So like I said, don't go all the way up to 50. Don't be like, Oh sweet. I got 12 more stones. No, you you probably have somewhere between, you know, probably eight, eight to six.
1: So even that I'd be hesitant because you want to look at those
0: upgrades. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that that's kind of the direction we're starting to go here, but before you get to upgrades, you have each faction has a list of versatile models. So, I mean, what does that look like? Like what are some versatiles that you're like, okay, this is a good versatile
1: that I can bring in
0: my crew, Chris.
1: Uh bent on faction, it's definitely faction specific uh like for instance with resers, I've got to bring, you know, uh, uh the emissary most definitely. And then I've also got to bring uh, some grave robbers or grave diggers. Yeah, I mean grave diggers. When it comes to Rezzers, they're pumping out corpses. You need those in almost every crew. I mean, obviously not every crew, but yeah, um, so I'm going to
0: pause you real quick right there, Chris, because so once again for newer players, if you bring an out of keyword model, you because you can bring if I'm playing, you know, my nephilim keyword, I can bring models from nightmare but I have to pay one extra stone because it's called the tax. You got to pay that tax if it's not in your keyword. Versatile models, any keyword can bring, you don't pay any, any extra stones. Exactly. You were saying, Chris, about kind of bringing stuff for your uh, resers there.
1: Yeah, for resers, you always want to uh, to look at the uh, keyword, look and see if you need corpses. If you utilize corpses like McMorning or some of the other crews, you want to bring gravediggers or the carrion emissary. Uh, that carrying emissary gets work done. Uh, you could put out coffin markers and you can bring out mindless zombies to use as corpse tokens. Uh, so either or, it's a phenomenal model. Yeah,
0: and for the Nephilim list that I got in front of me, uh, Nephilim are pretty squishy. They can die pretty quick if they're focused on. So you have to look at, oh, how am I going to keep these alive? And you're like, oh man, hey, Serena Bowman, she's a versatile model. And anybody that's played against Neverborn knows who Serena Bowman is because she's just good. She just heals a ton. She can heal twice a turn. Uh, Other models, she can actually do a decent amount of damage herself. But you would think that for a flying list, she wouldn't fit in. But because with all the fly with me triggers where people can like pick her up and move her around, it actually isn't that hard to keep her with the flyers.
1: Yeah, I don't think that I've played against a uh, Nakima list, at least, without Serena Bowman in it.
0: Yeah. She's just good. She's good. And she, she's only eight stones
1: and she's only eight stones. Yep.
0: Yeah. So you want to look at a versatile model. Does it add to what I'm doing? And if it does, okay, let's bring it. And that could fill in, you know, part of your stones.
1: Absolutely. Um, explorers. I like Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum is almost an auto include in any explorer <sighs> Dude, I, list. I hate that guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You do.
0: So I was kind of looking at the EVS crew for, uh, for Explorers, because when we start doing more of our Explorer games, uh, I'm looking at EVS because they just look like fun. Um, but there's a couple of them where you just start looking at Synergy, and one that I was looking for Synergy for them was the Bellhop Porter because the Bellhop Porter can throw junk. Uh, looking at scrap markers, and he kind of does what the crew wants to, and that's another versatile model. And in, uh, the thing you got to look at with versatile is they're not always going to fit in every crew. Usually, they help out a specific function for a couple of crews.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So don't think just because it's versatile, you can slam it in any list. It has to fit what your thing is. Remember, we're talking about doing the thing here.
1: Yeah, usually versatiles are going to fit anywhere between two and three crews in any given faction. Um, Outcasts, you're going to see a lot of prospectors. Um, Prospectors are actually going to be the number one versatile unit model that you're going to see. Um, and then followed very closely, probably by midnight stalker.
0: Yeah. So check out that list when you're building it too. It'd be like, okay, well let me try this first tile model. And, and if it helps your crew out great, if not, then it's like, all right, we'll take that out the list. Let's try another one. Oh, absolutely. And then the other part of list building. So let's say we're kind of getting towards 44 and I still want to spend some stones. The other option we have, Chris are upgrades. So faction upgrades, so you want to kind of explain how that works generally in the game?
1: Yeah, faction upgrades, you assign to one model in your uh, in your crew, and that uh, faction upgrade will give whatever bonuses or benefits that it has to that model. And then there's always a top part and a bottom part. The top part is always going to be for everyone. So this model gains the following abilities, and usually it's one or two different abilities and then there's a, a, a gotcha at the bottom where if it's a minion, it also gets this ability, yeah. which usually is actually really good, but you typically don't spend upgrades on minions.
0: Yeah, unless there's a specific synergy you want with a minion and an upgrade, you usually don't. But some of them are good. There are a handful of minions in the game that rock those upgrades and it makes them really nasty
1: it does make them really nasty uh and for instance i can i could just list one off the reservoir faction you've got karai's crew where you put um you put those upgrades on the gokus or the gorus and um the on 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 <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> yeah good luck saying that <laughs> yeah i can't say that um yeah so for example in this nakima list i have uh one upgrade on there, which is inhuman reflexes, because that allows her to charge through models to ping them for damage. If you cheat next to her, she can scamper two inches away to help disengage her. So that's one reason that I like that um like that upgrade on her. So you want to look at, okay, well, do any of these upgrades help the models in my crew? Uh chances are you can usually get some pretty good upgrades. I, I would tell you though. Some upgrades and some factions are better. So, for example, outcast upgrades are usually not that good. There's usually only a couple. Usually not that good. That fit in a couple of scenarios. Just um, a
1: couple of scenarios. And that's the sad part with when it comes to outcasts.
0: Yeah, for sure. But then
1: Explorers um, and Rezzers and, you know, Neverborn. I mean, these, they all have phenomenal upgrades. Neverborn, for instance, gives you plus one to initiative. Just one of their upgrades. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> if you're looking at it, man, I tell you. So and the one upgrade I'll pull it up real quick is Ancient Pact. So usually a lot of the uh a lot of Neverborn, especially Masters, you'll see Ancient Pact on because it gives you plus one to the flip, but it also lets you ignore the Black Joker. Which is big. Yeah. So I know that's one you're gonna see a lot of times with Neverborn. I mean freaking Whisper, you play all the time in Oh yeah,
1: Whisper and- is Fredzers. pretty much on auto include on my uh on my master. And uh, in some cases usually my emissary as well, because I have to have, uh, for instance, in my, um, my McMorning crew, I have whisper on my emissary because yeah. I have to have the, uh, uh, the, the exhumation go off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And that's part of list building is you want to look at, okay, what is going to help, you know, help my stuff, do the thing. And, and it's going to take a little bit for you to kind of get what list you like down, and how to build a good list and it'll come with time i mean it's not it's not something that after about 5 10 games you'll you'll figure out how to build a decent list
1: oh yeah well the first at least the first couple of games i wouldn't worry about upgrades at all i would just bring the master one or two henchmen one or two enforcers minions you know start you know exactly what you said start with core box get that one additional box uh in some factions it's two additional boxes yeah um like karai likes to summon a lot of stuff so you actually have to get two different boxes uh yon lo's crew's kind of small so you really only need to get one core box and then one additional box um is you know he pulls from several different places a lot of the outcasts pull from you know one or two boxes Um, usually you only need to go one or two boxes into each master to really start feeling what you like.
0: Yeah. And, and then the out of keyword, and this is kind of where you start kind of upgrading. And this is where a lot of like, once you get a feel for the game, you'll do more often, but out of keyword is when you'll start being like, okay, I've noticed in this crew, this is usually after you start playing multiple crews, you'll be like, Hey, I noticed that this model in that keyword might work really well in this keyword so can you give an example chris of like an out of keyword model that you bring where you're like hey this is this is not designed for this crew specifically but it is good
1: i don't i i kind of like out of keyword masters when it comes to uh, to my selection oh yeah bring two masters oh absolutely i love uh the the idea of running you know maybe i don't know with buy you running someone plus wong you know wong is an addition oh, Wong's wong. just, i just hate, hate wong. wong but wong is he's so good so good hey you've actually brought more out of keyword than i have so you should probably answer that question
0: yeah i was gonna say i i've definitely used a lot of different out of keyword um models. i've never
1: i've situations. i've never used an out of keyword bottle.
0: <laughs> well i think i'll give one really great example and this is what you want to do just the more you look at your faction is you want to say okay this is a really good model can this go anywhere and if the answer is yes there's a lot of times you can slam it in almost any list and the model that i'm talking about is the uh the gotro Beaucourt.
1: oh absolutely <laughs> oh the- god
0: Bayou, you man yeah dude this nasty little little gremlin man this thing
1: i don't i don't know when it comes to all the different factions that i play i don't know if there's any keyword or any any actual model that i would bring
0: well you're a purist i guess
1: in any extra ones
0: well so the Bokur and this is this is just a good example for newer players and season it's just so you look at it it's a cheap minion it's only six stones so even with the plus one it's only seven so i mean it's not ridiculous but the fact is it also it, it heals your models It has an obey trigger on it, which you can get a glowy token to spend to get the suit that you need for that. Um, It's just good. And it puts out shielding. And I use this a ton in my Ophelia list. Sometimes I even bring two of them.
1: You do. Absolutely. I played against that before. I played against one before. I would
0: definitely just not. You don't want to force it, but there definitely are some models where it's like, OK, out of keyword, they're still good in a lot of different factions. So uh, the Bokur is just one just shiny example that I found in the uh, in the bayou.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. So we're starting to look at this, Chris. We have a general list now and we played it a few times. When you go back and you look at editing your list, because maybe you figured out that, man, this model really sucks or well, that didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. Uh, how do you decide what you pull and then what you try to put in?
1: Uh, well, you have to look at how many stones it costs, 100%. You look at how many yeah. stones it costs, and is it worth that many stones to keep on the table? Um, Madam Sybil, when it comes to Seamus' crew, mm-hmm. it's probably not worth the amount of stones that she costs. How, just, many, uh,
0: how many stones does she cost?
1: She cost I believe it's eight stones. Let me find her. I'd say I thought it was nine. It's 10. I'm sorry. It's (laughs) 10 stones, a 10 stone model. She's good. Don't get me wrong. She's a henchman, but she's not the have all save all. She's, is she worth two rotten bells? No, probably not. She's not. Well, and I think that's what you have to look at when you're
0: adjusting your list and looking at it. If you're spending 10 or more stones on a model, that model should be impacting the game a lot. It should be either making your crew sing because they're just helping the machine run or they should be scoring you points. And if they're not doing one of those two things, you probably want to cut it.
1: If they're not doing, yeah, for a 10 point model, if they're not doing both of those two things, (laughs) you might want to cut it.
0: Okay, I was being generous, I guess. You
1: were being generous. That's absolutely not. When you look at the emissaries, the emissaries (laughs) do both. When you look at the riders, the riders do both. If it's a 10 point model and it's not doing both of those things for you in a game, then you need to reevaluate the the cost of that.
0: Yeah. So I think to to evaluate it on the opposite spectrum of this. Right. So, I mean, if you're looking at. uh, So you said Madam Sybil, she's 10 stones. And I think we both would agree a lot of times she doesn't get her. She doesn't get her stone's worth out of that. I At least I wouldn't think,
1: right? No, absolutely not. She does not get her stone's worth out of that. You're either going to use her as a rotten bell or you're going to use her as a distraction.
0: Yeah, whereas I think if you look at the opposite end of the spectrum and you go into, once again, I'll go into the bayou just because I like, I like going into the bayou, right? Um, and if you look at the first mate, I mean, the first mate is a perfect example where he's only nine stones, so he's cheaper than Madam Sybil, but the first mate will get you so many points that he's definitely worth the nine stones that you're going to pay for him.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: You always want to evaluate when you're paying higher stones for a model, okay, what are you getting out of them? And if you're not getting nine to 10 stones worth of victory points, then you want to take it out of the list and then try something else.
1: Absolutely. Well... I would recommend trying something else just because, especially when it comes to Arcanists and the Fire Golem. The you know, Fire yeah. Golem's great, but is he worth a couple of Fire Gammon?
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can go, because I think something that you need to think about with Malifaux when you're building lists is you want, you have to think about activations. And you only get so many actions per activation, right? You're going to get two and a bonus unless you're the master. So... Looking at it, you have to go, okay, if I only have this one fire golem, he needs to do a lot of work with his two and a bonus actions, or if he's not doing work, let me bring the two cheaper models. And now I'm getting, you know, I'm getting four and I'm getting, so you're getting
1: four actions and two bonuses out of it instead. Exactly. Yep. You got to think of it as, you know, these matches are only five turns. So, yeah. you're only going to activate each of these models five times, usually. I say usually because you have extenuating circumstances when it comes to, uh, you know, I'll just throw out a, for instance, uh, with Arcanists, you've got the Mechanical Rider who can uh, have a model reactivate regardless of whether or not they've activated before.
0: Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Is this something that you got to think about? Because you also have to look at it on the opposite side of it as well. Because I've played. Um, I've played a Hamlin list where I've had, you know, 16 models at the end of turn three and I have a ton of activations and I have a ton of actions, but it wasn't winning me games and I wasn't getting victory points. So then I had to be like, okay, well now I have too many garbage activations and I need an actually good hard hitter in there.
1: That's true. And you gotta look at tournaments. Everyone needs to, uh, to, think around, are you going to play casually or are you going to play semi-competitively? That's a good point. And I say semi-competitively because, you know, obviously you you don't have to go super hard into these games. But everyone likes, you know, to challenge themselves. I love going to tournaments. I love meeting different people who play Malifaux. You know, it's just, it's a great experience. I've played a lot of, you know, first-time players when it comes to, you know, against tournament, you know, first find tournament players. Um, and they're you know, really nice, good to know people love going to tournaments. Do you want to play this competitively? And if so, you actually have to think about how many activations you're going to have, especially when it comes to those Hamlin lists uh, yeah. and other type lists that may generate too many activations.
0: Well, and I also think that you, it, and once again, this is a great point thinking about competitive versus casual uh, if you're playing casually and you're building a list, build you know the rule is cool, right? Bring the cool stuff, do the cool things. Uh, if you're trying to be somewhat competitive and you know do decent in a tournament, I'd say bring efficient lists. Uh, you and I were talking about that where it's like, yeah, I have models like or crews like Hamlin, uh, crews like even Dreamer and Somer. They're they're like really cool crews, and you can do a lot of nasty things with them. But sometimes you spend so much brain power and time, you actually don't win the game because you're taking too much time.
1: Yeah. That's actually a funny story because you and I had uh, uh, a round against each other and you were the dreamer and I was shameless. Yeah. And uh, how many times did I say, come on, man, hurry up in that game?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough because there's a point at a crew and a list where you have so many options where I, I I understood why you were frustrated, but I'm like, man, if I mess this up, I'm going to lose the game.
1: and You're going to lose the game, but at the same instance, I wanted you to move quickly.
0: Yes, you did. And that's just <laughs> part of being in a tournament, right?
1: That's true. It's a true story. True story. It's a fun tournament, yeah. though.
0: Yeah. So that that's a great point just because I know that I'm definitely, I like going to tournaments as well. So even looking at the Explorer Society, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to play in a tournament, I want these masters because I know I'm not going to spend too much brain power trying to plan my turns and taking too much time. So that is something you want to look at where if you're trying to be competitive and you notice that this is just, there's too much synergy and it can go wrong and you're not, you're not moving quick enough with it and you're not scoring points quickly enough with it. You might want to try a different, even master then you might be like, well, you know what this master is not for me.
1: I don't know if the word is too much synergy. I think that aligning uh, orders would be a more correct way to look at it. Like like order
0: of activation.
1: Yeah. Order of activation. So, cause synergies are more along the lines of everything helps each other. Whereas order of activation. I think
0: I'm, I'm more thinking of abilities and um, auras that have to be interlocking for the crew to be effective.
1: Okay. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just some things to think about while you're starting to customize your list because I mean, Chris, you and I have played a bunch where we've even played a crew and been like, well, I mean, that was okay, but I'm going to try a different master now or a different faction even because it just it wasn't fun or we just didn't like what it did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are definitely crews out there and it's going to be different for everyone. So we're definitely not going to share any of our thoughts when it comes to the masters that weren't as much fun uh, try it for yourselves playstyle thing it's a playstyle <laughs> it's, play it's it's a yeah it's it's definitely you know dependent upon the person
0: oh man I'll share my thing I'll yeah, I'll throw out one not. pop unpopular opinion i don't like ma tuckett
1: i i don't know why she's phenomenal and i was going to say ma tuckett and wong as uh, the two masters yeah so i
0: love Uh, wong and i will play the crap out of wong i don't like ma tuckett and i know it just
1: seems so good with wong though
0: well no not even with wong dude ma tuckett's just good by herself
1: i'm but with wong she's no man
0: not wong by himself purist way better (laughs) no ma is really good i just don't like her style like it's not how i like to play Uh, most bayou players will tell you like hey man i built this really cool ma Tucket list and i like the idea of like the fluff of ma Tucket, but i don't like the way it actually plays on the board Uh, the only thing i like about ma Tucket's list is one one she has a wooden spoon and she yells at people so that's cool on the board but also those rooster riders are freaking awesome
1: they are amazing Amazing models. So those
0: are those are the two things I love about Ma, but the rest of the crew, I'm like, I
1: just hate you.
0: I'd I mean, rather you, play Ophelia or Wong. You do
1: have a uh, deep, deep love for Ophelia. Ophelia and Wong are just, I mean, they're two good, great masters.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. It, it's one of those things also where when you're building these lists, just play the models, give all the models in your keyword a shot. Because the thing we know about Malifaux is... Each pool is different. And when you look at it, you're going to have these tech picks that are going to be really good sometimes because they fit in this very unique situation.
1: Absolutely. And they're going to sit, they're going to fit in your unique play style. That's why we're, uh, that's why we're recommending options when it comes to, you know, building crews, building, building these lists.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Chris, is there any other tips or any other things that you have uh, advice for players building lists and kind of adjusting lists on the fly.
1: Yeah. You know, for new time players who are looking to get in the game, I would again, just recommend what you were saying in the very beginning, get the core box, get the one additional box that comes, you know, synergistic with it. Uh, typically it's one additional box. Sometimes it's two um, and then get a couple of the higher point cost versatiles, And then you should be good to go for at least, you know, a dozen games.
0: Now, Chris, what if you get into like two, let's just even say it's two games, two, three games, and you're hating the way that this, this crew is playing out. I mean, what, what would you say to somebody who's like, I've tried Ma Tuckett. I don't like her. I want to get, I want to just do something
1: else. Well, each master is situational. So it's completely dependent upon the pool strategy and schemes that you're playing. Um, maybe you just had a bad run of things.
0: Yeah. Maybe you had a bad counter. Maybe, uh, maybe that, you know, the board wasn't right, or maybe the pool wasn't good for that master or crew. Uh, so you're kind of saying stick it out and just kind of try or try it in different situations.
1: I have given every single master that I have at least anywhere from four to six plays before I give any type of input on whether or not they're good or bad or what situations they excel at, and what they what they actually do not do good into.
0: Yeah, I mean, we played that game the other day where it was Ophelia against uh, your Jan Low crew, and it was into Public Enemies, and halfway into the game, you're like, "This was not a good decision." <laughs>
1: it was not a good decision. Absolutely not. I regret it immediately. I regretted it immediately, but. I wanted to play Yan Low because I hadn't played Yan Low in a while. And I like to stay up to date when it comes to all my favorite masters.
0: I mean, this and Malifaux can be an expensive game. So, I mean, ideally, if if you can, I would recommend keeping the crew and then maybe try another master. And then you have this other crew to fall back on and, you know, work in those specific scenarios that you like. Um, but. If you're one of those people where you're like, man, I can't buy like the whole faction. You know, I got to pick up one or two crews and that's kind of all I got to do because, you know, maybe money or something.
1: Well, three or four masters is perfect fit.
0: Yeah. But what I'm saying is if you really don't like one of those masters, I mean, what I would recommend is if you really get to the point where you're like, man, I really don't like this crew. I would just go on to a trade group and just say like, hey, I got this Tucket list. I know people like her. I don't. Somebody want to trade for something.
1: Yeah, there's always people out there looking for stuff i like buying into a lot of stuff when it comes to (laughs) malifo because i'm actually anything don't say anything
0: yeah right um i'm actually the opposite of you you're kind of like almost like a collectionist where you'll keep it because you're like i got it i might play it sometime whereas i'm more of i'm a use it or lose it kind of guy you are where i'm like i i'm not going to play this i don't like this i'm going to trade it for something i can use and you know there's some strengths to that and you know it's just that's my preference when i'm playing is if i'm not going to like while i'm playing it why keep it uh and then i got to rebuy it when they get a you know a buff or something which is always annoying
1: that's true it's very which
0: you do not because you're like oh i i've had that for like five years
1: i have that (laughs) why i'll pull it out of the closet. No, I keep all my stuff because I have a large uh, what I would call family when it comes to uh, board games and, you know, miniature tabletop games. Uh, Pete, you're included in that, obviously. Um, So I have a lot of people that I play these games with and everyone knows if I have it, you're welcome to play with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, especially when you're trying to, like, build a community up. Is you want to know it, don't don't dump it. Maybe somebody in your local meta wants to try it out, wants to run it, and they can use your stuff.
1: Absolutely, I'm definitely open to that. I love playing against new players, not because it's easy. Uh, if you know me, if you played against me and you're a new player, even in a tournament, if you're a new player, I will walk you through how to beat me. I will walk you through. I will give you advice. I. I do I don't care. I'm trying to build my meta. I'm trying to build my community even when I travel to different metas. I try and build uh, community, you know family friendship, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a fun game, man. We should all play it. yeah,
0: so Chris, when you're at a tournament, do you usually like give list tips to like newer players?
1: Absolutely. The first question I have uh, when it comes to uh, to going against someone is how deep are you into Malifo? Uh, this last tournament that we went to uh the second round that i had i asked the kid you know how deep are you in and he's like this is like my sixth game and i was like all right this is the list that i'm bringing this is what it's good at this is what i'm going to try to do and he just kind of his jaw dropped and he was just like are you serious and i'm like yeah man <laughs> and i was like that is, this i'm not trying to beat you like i'm trying to have fun i i don't yeah. care about winning
0: yeah. And, and that's the big thing. And what I do for new players is uh, I usually, especially at the end of the game, I'll I'll kind of run through some things like them. Like, for example, if they were playing, I don't know, let's just say that they were playing a Bayou faction and, you know, the the lucky effigy would have been or the lucky emissary would have been really good in that scenario. I'd be like, hey, do you have the lucky emissary? And they're like, no. I'd be like, oh dude, that's an awesome model. You gotta Show them get a picture. it. Yeah,
1: you gotta get it's it. It's
0: really good. And, you know, start really just helping them improve their list. And I think that it's kind of weird because I feel like in a lot of the Malifo groups, I hear the kind of it's it's kind of a lame excuse, I'll say it. Uh, People will say, oh, well, what you bring, you know, what's the list you brought in there? And people are like, well, you know, it's different in every scenario. So you can't, you know, like net list and stuff. You know, it's almost like a hipster net listing kind of like anti net net listing scenario. Whereas, you know, I I feel like it's like, no, this was a good list. It worked. You might have some success with it. Try it out. And and that's something I think that Malifo community could encourage a little bit better uh, because, it, it is almost like, oh, well, you need to get experience with the scheme and pool and figure it out. It's like, well, there's general lists that you can give somebody where it's like, this will be good in almost every pool. I
1: like my general lists. You know me, I build a list and I usually don't stray from it except for maybe one model.
0: Well, I mean, you and me come from a background where you have two lists from War Machine, right? You bring A or B and you have to choose and you have to live with it. Yep. Yep. So I think you and I are probably better than some Malifaux players that don't have that experience where it's like, Hey, you want to know it, it, it? You yeah. aren't sometimes, and sometimes having too many options is bad.
1: Sometimes Especially having too, too many, op, most I, of the time having too many options is bad. Well, Look at I think that's society. what,
0: I think that's what kind of freaks newer players out is literally you have a Malifaux player and like, you can bring anything you want. And as a new player, you're like,
1: uh, what, do I do? what do I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands?
0: <laughs> and I, I think as a community, we can do better to be, just say, hey, this is a really good Nakima list. Just try this out. You'll have a good time. You'll get some points. You might not win, but it's going to steer you in the right direction.
1: Yeah, when we start doing our battle reports, people are going to be able to see our good lists yeah. and they're going yeah, to be not, able to build off of this. I
0: would say I'm not scared to share a list. That's why in the, you know, our deep ends were just like, yeah, here's the list we brought. Yeah. Uh, I love so,
1: sharing my lists. Give me so. feedback on my lists. Yeah. Right.
0: I mean, there's always, and that's the thing. It's always play style too. Uh, if you like to play a, so here's the thing. We are going to start doing battle reports. If you like aggressive lists, like you like to play aggressively, my lists are usually going to be turned up for aggression. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I like to do damage. I like to go fast, you know, like Ricky Bobby and, you know, just go.
1: It's true. It's a true story. Whereas
0: no. if you look at Chris's list is very different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see.
0: And I'm just going to go through my list, Chris, if you want to pull up your English Ivan and we'll just kind of say, here's the final list after we wrote it. Maybe a quick thought about it just as we kind of make like after the making it process. Sure. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go first while you're pulling up your English Ivan there, but so this is a Nakima list. This is just designed to kill stuff. So you would, you would take this into like an assassination pool. But I would also tell new players this is a good list also for scheming. You can kill stuff and scheme later. So don't discount it for that. Uh, so this is Nakima. I gave her inhuman reflexes. Obviously the blood hunter, uh, Herodin, Serena Bowman, Black Blood Shaman, Young Nephilim, Mature Nephilim, and then I even put inhuman reflexes, but. Some people like Ancient Pact on them too, just because you can draw cards, which is a good option. Um, and that's list. That's it. It's just designed to kill. You can grow another mature Nephilim. And it's it's just a lot of fun. It's very fast, very heavy hitting. And I always have a blast with it. And honestly, this is probably maybe the first list, second list that I designed with Nakima, And it doesn't usually change much from this. So the only thing that you wouldn't get in the boxes for the keyword are... Serena Bowman. That's it. Everything else you're going to get in the box. So, Chris, what does your English Ivan look like?
1: My English Ivan is English Ivan and Mr. Mordrake, his totem. Uh, then you go on to Corvus Rook with uh, flush with cash. Corvus is going to be, uh, like I was saying earlier, my bait or my get up in the middle and just mess with the uh, with the opposing player. Uh, flush with cash lets him... Um, just stop any attack, and Corvus Rook uh, has flexible morality, so uh, you have to discard a card or suffer a minus to the duel. So depending upon different situations, he's you know phenomenal in the middle. Gibson DeWalt, uh, so Corvus and Gibson are both henchmen. Gibson is my support piece, so he's pumping up all the other pieces. Then I have Ava Havenhand, who is a souped-up operative. Uh, Then an operative, and they usually take separate flanks so that they can both um, basically scheme uh, up each sides sides of the flanks. Then I have a Nocturne, which is my Umbra model. Uh, English Ivan, if you know anything about him, uses the Dua and Umbra keywords. So you're going to have a little bit of each when it comes to that. And then I have Tannenbaum, who's versatile. Tannenbaum is arguably, like Pete and I have been going through, one of the uh, most, should be one of the most taken pieces in Explorers, because he is just phenomenal. Um, this crew, uh, unfortunately, is four different boxes worth of models. So uh, you've got English Ivan and his crew, then you've got his uh, his other box, and then you've got Versatile Box, and then you've got an Umbra Box. Um, unfortunately, English Ivan, no matter what, is going to be at least a three-box crew, because of Dua do a, and then Umbra keyword. So I say do a, do a, because you've always got the main core box and you've always got one extra side box. Um, so that's going to be a three box or four box if you use Tannenbaum.
0: Yeah. And quick side note with that list is you, it's also, you got to be careful when you get into a keyword, just so you know what you're getting into. Uh, because any of those summoning lists where it's like, oh, you're going to summon a model. Then of course you're going to need to you know, buy more of those models. So, yeah, and
1: the most but, notorious, sorry, I don't want, I don't mean to cut you off. The most good. notorious is Arcanists. When you come to, uh, even uh,
0: Somer, dude.
1: Even, oh, God, yeah, even Somer. Like any summoners. So, every single faction is going to have a summoning list, at least one main summoner and then one partial secondary summoner. So, the secondary summoner is going to be able to summon stuff, but they're not going to summon stuff. As, as often as... Yeah, it's not their main to, stick. Yeah, it's not their main shtick. Um, you're going to look at multiple boxes. Uh, and when I say Arcanist's multiple boxes, I'm talking at least eight. Eight boxes? Yeah. yeah, eight boxes. Eight or nine boxes. So yeah. you know, Sanjay is not, for the faint of heart, you do not want to start your Arcanist crew with Sanjay, although Sanjay is arguably one of the most medium casters of this, uh, of this errata. Let's say Sanjay. Who the heck are you talking about with Sanjay? Or sorry, sorry, Sandeep. I'm going to say (laughs) Sanjay.
0: What are you talking
1: about? I don't know what I'm talking about. Sanjay, Sanjay and Craig. So yeah, just kind of be aware of that. But
0: generally speaking, um, I just, I honestly ask people like if, hopefully this podcast has helped a lot of people who are struggling with list building, just because there are, the, I would say, and Chris, you can probably back me up here. As far as list building goes, I would say Malifaux is probably the second hardest game I've played as far as list building.
1: Yeah, I can, I can definitely get behind that.
0: The only one that I would say is a little bit more challenging is Infinity.
1: Yeah. And I haven't taken a deep dive into infinity quite yet. I mean, obviously I have my one faction, but I haven't really gone off the deep end into that quite yet.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, just keep that in mind that, keep it simple first, just build generally what your crew does, get somewhere in that, you know, spending 43, spending 44 stones and leaving yourself some stones to be flexible. Uh, But the main thing I would also say is just when you put a model in the list, look at the card and say, what is this going to do on the table? And then try to let it do the thing, right? Don't just put it in there and just run it in the middle and it die. If it's a schemer, put it on the flank, go scheme something. If your opponent goes out of his way to kill it or her way out to kill it, then that's fine. But a schemer generally doesn't want to be hanging around the middle of the board.
1: Absolutely not.
0: So just kind of keep that in mind. But any last thoughts, Chris, before we wrap this thing up?
1: Oh, I can go into a deep dive with all the different masters, but I don't think we have time for that tonight.
0: <laughs> no, no, we just definitely wanted a general overview, general uh, overview, but I did want to share a couple of things before we wrap this thing up. Uh, make sure that you guys are checking us out on Facebook, Twitter, and also YouTube. Uh, we're actually, so we've gotten a nice stream of patrons and uh, we are going to. You're going to hear those names of the patrons in the episode. Yeah, we have a goal for our Patreon where if we get up to 20 patrons, so we're really growing it, and we're only five away. So if we get 20 patrons, we're going to start doing at least a monthly battle report. Uh, that's going to be for Malifaux. Uh, Chris and I are going to you know, really kind of church that up and, and start improving that. Uh, because I would say Malifaux is a tough game to record, but we're going to find a way through just just playing games so we're gonna get a bunch of games on online uh also i know i'm gonna start doing some x-wing battle reports too i got our buddy evan he he loves the game and he's actually very willing to do x-wing battle reports so that's something else people can be on the look for or look out for soon so any last minute plugs thoughts uh anything else chris
1: Nah, man i'm good all right, we want to
0: give a quick shout-out to Radio Wire's patrons, the real Rageaholics. They're the ones that help us keep the lights on. They help us update equipment and really keep the podcast going. So I want to give a quick shout-out to all our old guard, the original gangsters. We got Powell, Nick, Joshua, Gabe, Joseph, and Craig. I want to shout-out to those old-school patrons. And then to our newer patrons, we got Doug, Nathaniel, Michael, Rolf, kylie joe rufus nick and chris thanks again guys you make it all happen thank you for the support we'll keep cranking it out all right well with that being said make sure that you flip cards flip tables and we will see you all next time